Welcome to the podcast that takes you back in time to rewind and relive all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. Get ready to go beyond the bell. Beyond the bell. With your host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman. Welcome back to Beyond the Bell. I'm your host, Sean Beckerman, returning once again to relive the historic career of Stone Cold Steve Austin as we present the Stone Cold Chronicles. Last edition, we wrapped up 1992, and on this episode, we'll look ahead at the years 1993 and 1994 in Steve Austin's illustrious career. This week, we'll follow stunning Steve Austin in World Championship Wrestling as he forms the historic tag team, the Hollywood Blondes, with Brian Pillman. The Bionic Redneck continues to climb the championship ranks in WCW as he wins the Tag Team and United States Championships. Also, learn about Austin's feuds with Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, Dustin Rhodes, Johnny B. Bad, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. This week, old school interviews will be featured from a young Steve Austin and retro audio featuring Brian Pillman, Ric Flair, Colonel Robert Parker, and many more. So get ready, open up that six-pack of Steve Weisers as we take you back in time to 1993 and 94 in the Hall of Fame career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ringside Collectibles is the number one online retailer for the newest and hottest professional wrestling action figures. Since 1995, Ringside Collectibles has been the industry leader in professional wrestling figures and collectibles and are known worldwide for their high quality, their service, and detailed looks at your favorite wrestling figures, including top quality photos and a renowned YouTube channel. Simply put, they are here to help you. They know how hard it can be to find brand new WWE figures in your local stores. That is why they strive to provide you with the best possible wrestling figure shopping experience on the web. You can check out the latest releases at ringsidecollectibles.com and wrestlingfigures.com to stay on the pulse of what's new, hot, and exciting in the world of wrestling action figures, follow Ringside Collectibles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Ringside C. Ringside Collectibles, the home for the professional wrestling action figure fan. Stunning Steve Austin and Flying Brian. Stunning Steve, I've seen you beat him in non-title matches, so I know it's just looming around the corner, that tag team title. You're right, Jesse, because what we have here is a couple of world tag team champions who are running for the hills, man. These guys are sweating bullets. They can't sleep at night, and they shake in their boots every time they know that they have to step into the ring with this big block machine here. Jesse, they remember what we did to them at the Clash. They remember that we beat them in a non-title match on national television. So, Jesse, they know, to make a long story short, that very soon 
you're looking at the new world tag team champions. I can't dispute that, but Flying Brian, you know, I'm the man that tells it like it is. And I gotta ask some hard questions. You suffered a defeat to Marcus Bagwell that I call very questionable. Oh, wait a minute, Jess. There was no defeat. There was no match. I came out the ringside to sign a few autographs. And before I could kiss my first baby, I get attacked from behind by Bagwell and Douglas. Well, thanks to my tremendous courage and will to survive, I was able to hold him off until my partner, my right-hand man, came down. You saw the net result. Well, let me tell you something, Bagwell. Maybe you need a refresher course. Maybe I need to remind you of the sorry state I left you in. So if there's any time left on this program today, please, sign for a match. Have another brush with greatness. Steve Austin returned in a big way in 1993 in World Championship Wrestling. This is when he joined up with Flying Brian Pillman to form one of the great tag teams of all time known as the Hollywood Blondes. In February 1993, I was promised a big singles push from WCW with Harley Race as my manager. Then Harley suffered a serious injury in a boating accident. I was still flying high about having Harley as my manager when I showed up in Columbus, Georgia for a TV taping. Suddenly, I saw Brian Pillman, who I barely knew, walking up to me. Brian said, Hey, Steve, how's it going? I said, Hey, what's going on, Brian? He said, We need to think of a finishing move since we're a tag team now. I said, What are you talking about? He said, Yeah, Dusty just made us a tag team. And I went, Damn. So I went and harassed Dusty Rhodes, the booker, telling him I was going to be with Harley Race, you know, a world champion manager. Dusty said, yeah, baby, but we changed our mind. Now we're going to make you and Brian a tag team. Just trust me, baby. This tag has legs. So I just said, all right. In all reality, what choice did I have? I didn't argue, and Brian and I got together. That's when we came up with the Hollywood Blondes idea. We made some designs for our trunks and showed off the name. We had the star and Hollywood Blondes on the back and three stars on the front. We had a black pair and a red pair. Then Brian had jackets made, a silver leather jacket and a black and red jacket. Brian said... We gotta wear some chains. And he got me a deal on one. It's got more sentimental value than anything I own. It's just a gold chain, but it's a chain that Brian got for me when we're the Hollywood Blondes. I wear that chain all the time. That's one you see around my neck on WWE television and in my photos. And Brian Pillman is right there with me. He was a great friend. The team started off in 1993 feuding with the tag team champions. Austin's nemesis, Ricky Steamboat, and his partner, Shane Douglas. 
They first faced off at Clash of the Champions 22, but the Blondes were DQ'd when they used one of the championships to bash Douglas with. It worked like a charm, Steve. Those two prima donnas out there on national television trying to milk every ounce of exposure to feed those egos. Little did they realize they walked right into our trap. Fell right into our trap. How stupid are you guys? You said this is our last shot. We don't need but one more shot. We beat you all around the country. And next week on TV, the big blonde machine takes over as the new world champions. The blondes continued to feud with the unified tag champs over the next month, while also taking time at Super Brawl 3 to beat down Marcus Bagwell and Eric Watts. A few weeks later, in March of 93, the Blondes took advantage of Douglas's absence, as he would later soon leave the company, by defeating Steamboat and substitute Tom Zink, becoming the NWA and WCW Unified Tag Team Champions. Already, the Blondes were Tag Team Champions in World Championship Wrestling. Okay, back on Worldwide Wrestling, there are new World Tag Team Champions. Yes. Matchup one that characterized our shot at the title. You know, despite Steve and I's wealth of talent, we did have to overcome a lot of adversity to win these belts. And it's a great feeling. I know this is the kind of victory that brings joy to the hearts of millions across the United States of America and for the world that matter, especially the young kids out there. I know they're rough all role models. You know, in my opinion. You know, I'd like to thank they're the nice two guys. people who made this possible. One Shane Douglas and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for being so stupid as to say this was our last shot at the goal. Because Tony, all we needed was one more shot. Hey, they're great wrestlers, no doubt about it. But this is the beginning of the team of the 90s. The big one machine here. Brian Bryan and Sonny Steve Austin the team definitely of the 90s. Well, the big blonde machine, they are the world tag team champions, no doubt. Well, there's some tremendous competitors here at WCW. Steve and Douglas, you may get another title shot. I don't know what it'll be. There's too many other tremendous athletes at WCW that have earned the right to face Sonny Steve and myself. Okay, new world tag team champions. And next week on Worldwide, we'll crown a new world television champion for Jesse Ventura and the... Two new world tag team champions. We'll see you next week. You look like you're choking on your tongue. So 93 became already a whirlwind for Steve Austin. Already, he was a tag team champion. With a partner he never even really expected to team with, let alone become tag team champions with. Austin and Pillman didn't see a reason to give Steamboat and Zinc a rematch, since they already had the championships. But when they lost to a pair of masked luchadors... Los Dos Hombres, who were later revealed to be Steamboat and Zinc in a non-title match, they had no choice, as the two teams faced off against each other in a steel cage match at Slamboree 93. It was a heavy-duty match, with Steamboat scoring an incredible crossbody from the top of the cage on both blondes. Steamboat then made the cover, but the timekeeper bell again rang at two, even as the blondes kicked out, causing a controversy from the fans. 
Later on, Austin caught Zink with the stun gun for the victory, allowing his team to retain the unified tag team titles. That really looks like Steamboat now. Now he can see what he's doing. Tony, he's 20 feet up in the air. I don't know what he's doing. The Hollywood Blondes next started a feud with Nature Boy Ric Flair and the Enforcer Arn Anderson, while at the time they were reconstructing the Four Horsemen. The two groups had a memorable war of words over the next few weeks, with the Blondes doing a hilarious spoof entitled A Flair for the Old parroting Flair's wrestling video, A Flair for the Gold. No doubt about it, the men who are the world tag team champions, the Hollywood... The Hollywood Blondes set to go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the world-renowned celebration of nostalgia. A flair for the old. Featuring the seven or eight or nighttime world champion, the Nature Boy. And featuring his maid, Pate. And now... The Nature Boy and tonight's special guest, one half of the world tag team champions, Hollywood Blonde, stunning Steve Austin. Thank you. A very, uh, thank you very, thank you very much. Uh, a very uh, pleased to announce that uh, every uh, special segment of uh, a flair for the old <laughs> here we are nursing home uh, paradise uh, live here on the uh, technicolor and uh, i know uh, before we go any further i'd like to uh, give that moment every red-blooded male on in america love and that that's right take a deep breath let's bring her out pate they're made there she is there she is. Woo! <laughs> oh, you sex kitten, you. It's <laughs> one of the little perks to be the host of the show. I'm very pleased to announce my special guest, one half of the world tag team champions, stunning Steve Austin. Let's bring him out. Steve, uh, 
I'm told that uh, you and your partner are doing some very uh, tremendous things. Uh, you and uh, Stunning Steve are just a tremendous combination. I'm Stunning Steve. Uh, what was that? Uh, I'm Stunning uh, Steve. Anyway, Steve, uh, maybe uh, tell the great fans out there uh, some of the great things that uh, the Blondes are doing uh, with this tag team. Well, I feel like with a partner like Fly and Brian, the Hollywood Blondes can go... The Hollywood Blondes can go as... Hey, wake up! The Hollywood Blondes can go as far as they want to in tag team wrestling. Pardon me, Steve. Uh, I believe it's time for, for my medication. Uh, if you could hold on one minute, please. Uh, please hold the microphone for me. Let, 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 let me do that here. Open up, open up. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, uh, I suppose you're wondering about that medication. Well, uh, it's all legally prescribed. Uh, and, uh, you know, a little nitro for the... Uh, Alzheimer's and uh, I got some vitamin E in there too. Uh, you know what they say, uh, helps keep the old pencil sharp. Uh. I wouldn't know about problems like that, but what I do notice is that the set's the same, but your best friend, your best friend, your right hand Stooge, well, there's Mr. Stooge right there. I've got to say, double A, it's a shame that the nature boy has to suffer of old age like this, but I've got to say, looking at that body, the last time I saw a body like that, it had an apple stuffed in its mouth and it was roasting over an open flame. You like the barbecue? Huh? Well, let's see. Well, they're going at it now and we expected as much. Art Anderson, we are, we are almost out of time. Art Anderson did it with Steve Austin. Here comes Brian Bray with his cane. Hey, with a cane. The two teams met in a three falls match at Clash of the Champions 23, with the Blondes being the full-fledged heels against such a popular team. The Blondes lived up to the fans' expectations as they cheated whenever they could, including both Austin and Pillman choking Flair with a towel at one point. Flair managed to get the first fall for his team, though, getting a flying forearm on Pillman for the pin. This made the Blondes more desperate as one more fall would cost them the championships. They fought hard, focusing on Anderson's injured knee, but everything seemed bleak at the end. This is as Flair got Austin in the figure four leg lock. Before Austin could tap or give up, submit at the time, Barry Windham, who had been feuding with Flair and Anderson after refusing to become a horseman, attacked, causing the disqualification. The Blondes lost the match, but thanks to a DQ finish being involved in the contest, they stayed the unified tag team champions. The Blondes continued their feud with the Four Horsemen at the next show, Beach Blast 1993, this time facing Anderson and the newest horseman, Pretty Paul Roma. Yes, fans, Pretty Paul Roma. From girls in cars to now a horseman. Things really didn't look good for the Blondes, since ironically tapings had already been done showing Anderson and Roma with the championships. 
However, in a surprise to everyone who saw the tapes, Pillman reversed a roll-up by Roma on Austin, causing Austin to get the pinfall victory, retaining the titles. This caused a major controversy at WCW. This was as Pillman had an ankle injury soon afterwards, causing Austin to have to find a new partner to quote-unquote drop the titles to Anderson and Roma. This was due to them having the titles in later airings of WCW Saturday Night. If you go back to the WCW 101 series that we had, we focused exclusively on the tapings issues that WCW had at this point, where they interfered a lot with the storylines that went on due to injuries or changes as such. The tapings really threw a wrench when you schedule and plan and film so many weeks of TV time in between live shows it can hamper the storylines a bit, and this was one case. Austin teamed up with Lord Steven Regal for the match at Clash of the Champions 24. This was when Regal accidentally hit Austin with an umbrella. This allowed him to be rolled up and pinned, losing the titles to the Horsemen. While Pillman was out injured, Austin concentrated on Dustin Rhodes and the United States title. He wanted it back home in the stunning camp. He worked to get himself some singles gold during this time exclusively. He and Rhodes met at Halloween Havoc 93, with Austin being the main aggressor in the match. He also showed that he was still willing to cheat to win. He pinned Rhodes with his feet on the ropes, as referee Nick Patrick counted to three. However, as Austin celebrated winning the title, Patrick, who had seen the legs at the last second, threw out the finish, then ordered the match to be restarted. While Austin argued with Patrick, Rhodes came up from behind and rolled up Austin with a schoolboy, getting the quick pinfall to retain the title. Austin, soon afterwards, was not a happy camper. He blamed the referee for Rhodes getting lucky, then attacking Rhodes with the U.S. belt before leaving with the stolen gold. After the loss, Austin decided to get himself a manager once again and acquire the services of Colonel Robert Parker. This subsequently caused the breakup between the Hollywood Blondes. Austin was talked into turning on Pillman when he came back from his injuries. It should be noted that during the time of the Hollywood Blondes, Austin and Pillman became great friends, and they truly felt as if they were getting some steam in WCW as a tag team with the fans actually starting to cheer the Blondes at one point before Pillman went down with an injury. This makeshift tag team at first really grew into their own with obtaining matching tights and really finding a flow that very few tag teams are able to obtain. And once they finally felt that they had the fans where they want them and were going in the right direction in WCW, they split the two up and in turn causing both men to be very frustrated with the company, especially Steve Austin. When WCW teamed the combustible and charismatic Brian Pillman with the wrestling machine named Stunning Steve Austin, I thought that there was finally some sanity on the 12th floor of the CNN Center and that perhaps the company was actually going to build for the future and develop some new stars. Pillman and Austin felt like money to me. Both had athletic skills, passion, and a thirst to get over. But this duo never really got the opportunity I felt they should have. I can't tell you exactly why, other than the normal wrestling politics that many of us have seen and personally experienced over the years. It's not a flattering side of our business, though I'm pretty sure office politics exist and 
most business environments. For whatever reason, the office half-assed it with the Hollywood Blondes, which resulted in Brian and Steve falling off the main event level where the money is. Perhaps management didn't know how to market these two new generation talents. This was a very frustrating time for Steve, and I'm sure many guys in his position would have said to hell with it. But he didn't. He hung in there and persevered. Austin would not quit. But that didn't keep him from getting fired by WCW. It's always been said and it's always been proven. Flying Brian has done nothing but run his mouth ever since he teamed up with me and became a world champion. When I saw the light, picked up the colonel and undropped that anchor because that's all Flying Brian was. He was an anchor. And I got tired of dragging him around. If he wants to put the colonel in a chicken shoot on the Clash of Champions, I've got to say, it's not going to happen. It's all idle talk. Flying Brian, you'll never get a shot at the United States Championship as long as I've got the belt. As far as embarrassing the Colonel, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve, don't we, Colonel? I'm hoping we got some tricks up our sleeve here. That this, I've already been cordially welcomed by the mayor himself of Baton Rouge as the Louisiana governor, all the governor south of the Mason-Dixon are wishing me well because they know I'm a man of integrity and honor. They know that for Brian Pillman, to come out here and figure he can belittle me by putting me in a foghorn, leghorn chicken suit. I'm going to promise you something. Go ahead, Steve. Relax, relax. You're doing okay. Relax. It's not going to happen. I'm counting on it not happening because my honor's at stake here. I'd just as soon be bad six foot under than hold a microphone up here. I'm a tall man. Let me remind you, I'm a big man, a tall man. I'm not scared of anything on the face of this earth. I'll be there. I'll represent my family, the Parker family. I'll walk in the footsteps of Tom Parker. And I'll not be in the no chicken suit. We're out of time. You need to settle down, okay? I'm telling you, Tony. Down the road. Austin and Pillman met at Clash of the Champions 25. This is when Colonel Robert Parker was being very instrumental in Austin's matches, and this was absolutely case in point. Colonel Parker played a major role in the victory for Austin over his former partner. Next up for Austin was the Battle Bowl in November of 1993, with Austin being randomly paired with one of his old rivals, Nature Boy Ric Flair. Who would ever thought this would be a dream tag team years later? The two teamed together in the qualifying round against Max Payne and Two Cold Scorpio, with both men having problems working together, obviously. At one point, Flair walked away from a tag, leaving Austin to get beaten down by Scorpio, Flair later tagged himself in, though, causing even more strife between the two. Despite all this, Austin and Flair managed to get the win, with Flair forcing Payne to tap out. Later on, Austin competed in the Battle Bowl Finals, with Austin getting some revenge on one rival by dumping out a bloody Dustin Rhodes to make it to the Final Four, along with Flair, Sting, and Vader. After Flair had to be stretchered out, Austin and Vader double-teamed Sting, but Sting came back, causing Vader to accidentally splash Austin in the corner, then dumping Austin out. Vader came back to win the Battle Bowl, with Austin once again coming close, but not getting to the top of WCW. 
He was on the border of the next tier in World Championship Wrestling, but was never really pushed to the next plateau in the company. But don't get me wrong, life was not terrible for Austin. He continued his feud with U.S. Champion Rhodes. The two wrestlers met in a three-falls match at Star K-93, with Austin determined to prove that Rhodes' earlier win was a fluke. The two men showed their hatred of each other, brawling to the outside at one point, with Austin getting knocked over the guardrail. They went back into the ring, fighting it out with Colonel Parker trying to get involved for his man. This caused Rhodes to whip Austin towards Parker, but Austin, thinking of the big picture, flipped over the top rope, which was illegal at the time. Very smart by Austin. This caused the DQ, giving Austin the first fall. A frustrated Rhodes attacked Austin soon afterwards, blooding him by hammering him against the post. He seemed to have complete control, but surprisingly, the lights went out, causing the distraction. When the lights finally came back up, Austin had the confused Rhodes cradled in the corner, holding his tights, of course, to win the second fall, and thus, the matchup. Despite the DQ earlier, Austin was given the United States title, his third different championship in WCW. All right, Mean Gene Okerlund is standing by the set. He's going to talk to the Colonel and Stunning T, the U.S. champ. All right, fans, here on WCW Saturday Night, I have with me a couple of very fortunate men. Yes, stunning Steve Austin. Colonel Parker, you were running for your life. What are you doing grabbing your heart? That's going to give me a heart attack out here. You know, it's one thing. Come out here and make fun of me with a foghorn leghorn tooth. But it's another when you come out here and interfere in an important match like Sting and Steve Austin. He had him leading. He had him down for the count. And what happened? He interfered. Who interfered? Talking about Brian. The flying Brian wants a piece of me. All he's got to do is come on. I beat that raspy haired punk. One, two, three. And as far as the stinger goes, you can see I'm ready for 30 more minutes. I feel great. I was about to be the first man to reverse the scorpion deathlock. And the match was interfered in. I had him right where I was. Well, well, wait a minute, uh, Steve Austin. It sounds to me like you're out of gas, my friend. I don't look at you. Feel great. Let me tell you what's going to happen. I have been in agreement with the world's heavyweight champion, Rick Rude, before. I'm going to talk to Rude now. Money talks to Rick Rude. We'll be back here, Rick Rude, stunning Steve Austin. I want to see both Flying Brian and Steve here in this ring. You bring your chicken suit with you when you come. I guarantee you, you'll spit feathers all the way to the hospital. Let's get on it. All right, I thank you very much. That sets the scene for the big one coming up next Saturday night. As we wrapped up 93, Austin was now a champion once again in World Championship Wrestling. We enter 1994 in Austin's career, as Austin's feuds with Rhodes and Pillman would lead him into a Thunder Cage match at Super Bowl IV. He teamed with his old Dangerous Alliance buddy, Ravishing Rick Rude, and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff against Rhodes, Pillman, and Sting. Austin tried to use his smarts early in this one, faking a knee injury, then rolling up Sting for a two-count. Austin then took some brutal hits on the outside as the match continued with several wrestlers getting cut open. In the end, Austin got hit by a road splash, helped by a press from Sting, and was pinned, taking a big loss. And that just about does it. The United States champion, me, stunning Steve Austin, is trying to have a match 
with who runs out but Little Flying Brian and Dustin Rhodes, the former champion, trying to grab my spotlight. I'm sure you both want a piece of stunning Steve, but I don't think so. You're at the bottom of the singles list. The United States champion picks his contenders. But if you want to step into the ring with Stunning Steve, I've got a plan. I've got a partner that the Colonel has lined up. Ravishing Rick Rude and myself will take you on next Sunday. If you think you're brave enough, sure you can come out here and jump me just on my own. And as far as flying Brian, putting a chicken suit on the Colonel at the Clash of the Champions, uh-uh. We've got a trick up our sleeve, Brian Brian. Just wait and see. Still, Austin had some momentum, still competing as the U.S. champion. And he did it well in the March of 94 in the European Cup tournament, defeating two Cold Scorpio and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat before falling to the eventual winner, Sting. All right, fans, we're going to get you back to more action in just a moment or two. Joining me right now, Bunkhouse Buck. And Colonel Harlan Parker, a uh, Robert uh, Sanders. Uh, Don't start. I want to make a big announcement here. I want my United States heavyweight champion, stunning Steve Austin, to come on out here. As you know, it's Spring Stampede. He's going to be meeting Japan's greatest star, Muda. We don't have to wet our feet on foreign shores. We got him right here, Steve. Stunning Steve Austin, I, I can't believe it in a tuxedo, no less. Before I get started, Gene, I'd like to ask everybody not holding a microphone to generously take a couple of steps back because I think everybody here knows who the star is. It's Stunning Steve Austin. And getting back to your question about tuxedos, when you're the United States champion, Gene, not only do you wrestle great, but you have to look great. As far as great mood are concerns, spring stampede... I'm looking forward to getting Muda in the ring because I'm going to make it short and simple. I don't like Muda. Muda doesn't like me. If he wants to fight, we can fight. If he wants to wrestle, we can wrestle. In Chicago, the great Muda against the United States' greatest athlete and now the best-dressed athlete, Gene, right there with the colonel. Muda, you're a credit to the sport, but you're going to be a credit to United States Heavyweight Champion's resume because like it or not, I'm going to beat the hell out of you. Whoa. <laughs> going into the next month of 1994, Austin had to fend off an international star in The Great Muta. This took place at Spring Stampede with Austin's U.S. title on the line. It was a competitive match with Austin in trouble as it went on despite Colonel Parker's aid. The Great Muta made a cardinal mistake though tossing Austin over the top rope which allowed Austin to get the victory via DQ, retaining the title. A very commonplace ending to Steve Austin matches at the time. Austin next fought against Johnny B. Bad, later known as Mark Merrow, in the WWF. This took place at Slamboree 94. Once again trying to stay the champion, Parker again lent his aid to Austin, but at the same time nearly cost him the match. After Austin trying to nail Bad, hit Parker instead allowing Bad to get a roll-up for two, but Austin soon came back, rolling Bad over with the tights to get another title defense under his belt. Into the corner. Steve is in trouble. He shoves off Johnny B. Bad. Look, he's wearing pull-ups. Who's going to win this tuxedo match? It's down to the skivvies right now. 
punched him. He's punched him. It's over. The Colonel yanked the trousers down. Talk about the ultimate wedgie. Ladies and He's gentlemen, him. the winner of this week's oh, dream no. match, United States Heavyweight Champion, stunning Steve ripped him off! I mean, he really ripped him off! Oh, you are kidding! He pantsed him! In June of 94, Austin surprisingly fired Colonel Parker, wanting to do things on his own. He faced bad in a rematch at Clash of the Champions 27, with many people wondering if he could get the win without his manager's distractions at ringside. Well, Austin found a way to stay the champion, using a foreign object to smack Bad in the head with, then rolling him up, getting the three count. However, a second ref came down, spotting the foreign object and restarting the match, with Bad rolling up Austin from behind to get the win. There was confusion afterwards, with both refs arguing about the decision. A compromise was soon reached, with Austin losing via DQ for using the foreign object. Therefore, Austin lost the match, but stayed the U.S. champion, despite Bad's complaints about the finish. Now we're midway through 1994 in Austin's career, and I want to look back at my impressions of Austin at the time being a fan, and really witnessing Austin for the very first time during the years 92 to 94, truly in my eyes. I thought that we had a star in the making. I'm not just saying that. I didn't think that he was going to be a Hulk Hogan level. I didn't really think that in the back of my mind, but I just thought, being a young kid at the time, that it was fun to watch Steve Austin wrestle. He just made it fun. I Honestly, I swear to you, I remember saying to my dad, I like the Steve Austin guy. He's, he's fun to watch. I really liked watching him wrestle. He was entertaining. He took great bumps. He made matches entertaining. I didn't really notice Steve Austin in the beginning, but what really stood out to me was when he first obtained the TV title with the TV title defenses, and then moving on to the feud with Dustin Rhodes. But I remember specifically watching the tag team matchup between... Flair and Anderson and the Hollywood Blondes, that to me set Austin apart from the other young and up-and-coming superstars in WCW as this guy truly having potential to move forward. I just felt entertained while watching Steve Austin compete. Things are going my way, Gene Oakland, because I've shown the world, I've shown everyone in world champions, Jeff Wrestling, that no one can beat stunning Steve Austin. I'll be the United States champion as long as I want to be. The thing that gets me, though, the most is this Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about Ricky Steamboat, because here's a guy I used to respect but this is a guy that's so damn stupid, he'll never learn from his past mistakes. He'll never learn what it takes to beat Steve Austin. You're going to have to go into the rule book, Ricky Steamboat, because there's no way, no way that you can beat me. The whole facade, the stupid little lizard types, he spits the fire. Who cares? No one cares. Little kids might care. Oh, yeah. That's just fine with Danny. I recall recently that that's not the way things went exactly. Things are going my way. As far as I'm concerned, Ricky Steamboat can do all the stupid little tricks he wants to do because he's not impressing me one bit, and I've still got the United States belt. Hold on. Oh, come on out here, you old piece of trash. Piece of what? Hold <laughs> you got something to say to me, son? You know something mean, Gene? The time that I have specifically 
talked about Steve Austin. I have said that this man has a promising wrestling career. That. that I have said that in the short time that he's been in our sport, that he has climbed that ladder of success and now has become the United States heavyweight champion and has held this championship for a long time. You should have said that because it's true, idiot. Austin, I'm sitting in the back listening on the monitor. Listen, you run me down, calling me stupid, calling me this, calling me that. I can do that if I want to. My opinion about you has changed. You're nothing but a young punk. You think you're great. Well, I'll tell you something. In my wrestling career, I've wrestled the great ones. And you couldn't even touch their jock. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Steamboat. I don't want to touch anybody's. After Johnny B. Bad, Austin would next feud with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the next few months, meeting him at Bash at the Beach 94. The two put on a strong match with Austin using his usual heel tactics, including faking a knee injury. Austin also had some fun with Steamboat, choking him on the ropes, then causing his hand to wave to the camera. That was a great spot. Late in the bout, Austin was in trouble with Steamboat going up on the turnbuckle, but Austin used the ref as a shield then caught Steamboat on the way down, rolling him over for a quick pin, once again with a handful of tights to retain the title. Austin's luck would soon run out, a month later though, at Clash of the Champions 28. This was as Steamboat won the rematch with a small package, taking away Austin's US title. The Dragon now was champion. He tried to throw him over the top! That would have been a disqualification, but Steamboat... Are you saying he was trying to deliberately get disqualified? I think so. I don't think so. Let me right in front of the referee, dump him over the top rope. Now look at Steamboat now. Like I said, he's got his second win. He smells victory. He thinks he has uh, Austin exactly where he wants him. Look, he tried again. That was a desperation move. He did not try to get disqualified. And he didn't hit the floor. The match continued. Uh, he's him. Two. A two count. Back and forth, back and forth. What a match. him up. One, two. He's... No, no. Double A pickup. Over the top. Austin gets out again. It's about the seventh or ninth different way he's trying to beat the man. Austin obviously trying to get disqualified so he can hang on to the title and go home with it. All he's got to do is punch the ref in the yap. A pickup. We make it a punch on it. Steamboat reversal. Austin reverses Steamboat. Like a ride at the fair. Steamboat reverses Austin. Oh no! Oh, going to what a match, Giovanni! Ricky Steamboat going for the big one, and Austin trying to put the referee in front of him. No, he didn't. The referee dove out no, of the way. He grabbed the referee and put him in. He's going to disqualify. Uh, let me hear what he's saying here. They're right above us. See the referees. They both say, no, I fought him this long, this hard. Don't throw away my opportunity now. Let the match go. The referee was going to disqualify Sonny Steve. And the match is going to continue. Well, he had no reason to disqualify him or even attempt to. He had to. three reasons to. Steamboat, Ducky, Steamboat, plus buddy. Only one, two. No, 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 no. One, two, 
ladies and gentlemen, the winner and still United States, the United champion, stunning Steve Austin. Well, he tried to get disqualified many times. Have a look at Steamboat here. The man's totally in a bad position. He's in a, a very bad way, stunning Steve Austin. But Steamboat, the dirty wrestler he is, stays on stunning Steve. And he's on him. He's on him. Look at this. Steamboat ducks out of the way. Cross body. Rolled up. It went back and forth like this the whole match. One, two. Austin got Austin got his feet accidentally hooked on the ropes. Hey, I'm sorry, that's the way it is. The winner, still United States champion, stunning Steve Austin. Unbelievable. Maybe it was the maybe it was the trick knee that got hooked up on the ropes. Well, you never know. An injury like that, it can happen all the time. You know as much about that as anybody else, Shivani. Stunning Steve once again steals one away, and he is still the US Heavyweight Champion. Tremendous match on it. Austin was scheduled for a rematch against Steamo at Fall Brawl. But injuries that Steamo gained under their earlier match kept him from competing, which it would be later be called a career-ending injury which ultimately would be the last match at that time before the WrestleMania return bout with Steamboat against Jericho, with the legends against Jericho. But at that point, it was the end of Steamboat's career. And you could say it was the end of his full-time active in-ring career. But both men, you can say, were happy. I know specifically Steamboat would be happy that his last matchup in his full-time active in-ring career was ending would be with Steve Austin. And I know Austin was proud to have faced Steamboat in his last match. Since Steamboat was injured, Commissioner Nick Bockwinkle awarded Austin the U.S. title at the event, making him a two-time champion. However, Bockwinkle had a surprise for Austin, saying that he had to defend the belt that night. Despite Austin's complaints, Austin then found out that he had to face recent WWF jumpy Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Austin, unprepared, got attacked by Duggan, then splashed, surprisingly losing the match and the U.S. title in about 30 seconds. It was a humiliating defeat for Austin and the start of his decline in WCW. Austin got a rematch against Duggan at Halloween Havoc 94 in a bout that lasted significantly longer than the first one. However, Austin was still on the defensive much of the match and used the wrong tactic in reversing Duggan's football tackle, sending Duggan flying over the top rope. This earned Austin the DQ loss, keeping him from the U.S. title. A little taste of Steve Austin's own medicine. Into the ropes. Up and down. He may be going for a three-point stance. He may be going to end it right now. This is it. Can he connect? He can't. He goes over the top. And we got a disqualification. He dove over. He, he was over. thrown over the top. Let's go to Gary Capetta. He's getting the award now from Nick Patrick. Go ahead, Gary. I can hear Duggan will hold on to the title. Over. Ladies and gentlemen, stunning Steve Austin has been disqualified for an over-the-top group. The winner. And still, United States heavyweight champion, Hacksaw Jim It's two by four time in Detroit. And Scotty Steve almost got decapitated there. 
shot. Yeah, if Duggan would have connected with another three-point stand, it would have been over anyway. Your winner, U.S. champ, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Got him in the ring. That's what it's all about. Out there in the ring, everybody can talk a real good game back here talking to a camera, but I can't take nothing away from stunning Steve. It was a tough match, and I'm glad to have this title. Real glad. Tonight, had him right where I wanted him. Had him right where I wanted him and had him begging for his life. Tossed him over the top rope. Hey, that's my mistake. But I'll get him again. You rest assured I'll get him again. And when I do, I'll be the champ again. A similar result took place at Clash of the Champions 29 as Austin again lost via disqualification, losing his cool during the match. He just couldn't seem to get Duggan's number. Soon after, Austin injured his knee, putting himself on the shelf for the rest of 1994. Once again, Steve Austin found himself out of the spotlight in WCW. And it was around this time that Steve Austin was about to enter a big transitional point in his in-ring career. What would 1995 hold for Steve Austin? Find out on the next edition of the Stone Cold Chronicles. You're listening to the Retro Wrestling Podcast, Beyond the Bell. You can listen to Beyond the Bell on iTunes, Player.fm, Podbay, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and our official website, btbcast.com. Connect socially on Facebook and Twitter at btbcast. Questions, comments, and suggestions can be sent to contact at btbcast.com. Go old school with Beyond the Bell. Ninety-three and ninety-four proved to be monumental for Steve Austin's career as he finally claimed gold in both the WCW Tag Team and United States Championships. He formed a legendary tag team that no one will ever forget in the Hollywood Blondes with then-stranger-to-becoming best friend, Flying Brian Pillman. As Steve Austin seemed to be on a positive swing and trajectory in WCW, we would find out that the next two years would be completely different for stunning Steve Austin. This promised newcomer in WCW with such noted potential would find himself in the unemployment line as he would be fired by Eric Bischoff. And in 1995, Steve Austin will be looking for a brand new home. So as we close the book on episode two, we'll look ahead to our next edition as episode three will cover the next two years, 1995 and 1996 in Steve Austin's career. Find out what led to Eric Bischoff firing Steve Austin and where he would head to next as his career would take an extreme turn and then lead him to the big time, the number one promotion in professional wrestling. All this and more on episode three of the Stone Cold Chronicles. Until then, this is your Stone Cold Retro host, Sean Beckerman, signing off. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Beyond the Bell. Remember to always keep it old school, my friends. 